Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Holly Sloof is a yoga and meditation instructor, Reiki healer, pranayama breathwork teacher, and spiritual mentor. Exposed to all things alternative wellness from birth, Holly grew up with parents who brought her to full moon circles, women's groups, and her grandmother's crystal shop on the weekends. She always felt at home in the spiritual holistic wellness world, but as a young adult, she resisted that side of herself deeply. For nearly a decade, she worked in the corporate creative world of advertising and thus developed an autoimmune disease that caused her to wake up to her purpose. Her personal journey of healing led her to the realization that she could no longer ignore her calling as a healer and as a space holder. After completing her Reiki training, Holly moved across the world to Bali where she deepened her practice and has been giving Reiki readings and one-on-one mentorship, helping others as a spiritual coach. Today we talk about how trauma is stored in the physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies and how to recognize it to facilitate your own healing. Please welcome Holly to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. Thanks for being on the show, Holly. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Um, Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what kind of got you in this journey of doing yoga, doing Reiki, and starting the process of healing for for yourself and for others. Awesome, yeah. Um, I'm a yoga and meditation instructor, a Reiki healer, and a spiritual mentor. Um, And I'd say my journey started... A couple of years ago, I've always been in this spiritual space, um, was exposed to it at a young age with my family, which I'm really grateful for, but really kind of resisted. What do you mean with your family? Um, so my grandmother was an acupuncturist. She was a Reiki healer. She had a new age store called Audrey's Inner Vision and grew up visiting her store and shopping for crystals in her store every weekend and getting tarot readings. And it was a pretty awesome, magical space to grow up in. So both of my parents were very open to spirituality and would take us to full moon circles and women's groups with my mom. So it was always there in the background growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely kind of resisted stepping into it fully, Um, especially as an adult. I think growing up in a somewhat affluent suburb of New York City in the 90s and early 2000s, spirituality wasn't considered mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I think it's having a huge, huge moment right now, which is incredible um, with this like alternative health and wellness space Mm -hmm. that's really kind of um, coming to fruition. Um, But Growing up, anytime I would kind of mention that side of things, um, it would really be frowned upon um, or I would be considered weird or Mm -hmm. just not normal. So I kind of hit it. Um, And it was really in the last couple of years with my own kind of personal journey of healing that I realized it was time to kind of step into this, that this was the space I'm meant to be in and in kind of exploring my own spirituality, my own intuitive gifts, and um, also some past traumas that I really needed to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really how I got into the space that I'm working in now. Beautiful. So can you speak to the personal experiences that led you to the spiritual field? Yeah, absolutely. Particularly because so, you, you brushed on yeah, it. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, get a that. little deeper into the juicy <laughs> stuff. So um, I grew up in a household with addiction and um, I'm grateful that that person 
got help and has been sober for many years, but Mm -hmm. it was a very tumultuous um, childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not a stranger to what it feels like to hold trauma, especially in the body. Um, But I think what really, so, you know, I was, I was holding on to a lot for a long time and I went through normal talk therapy at a young age. And how old were you? Um, when all that was going on, I'd say it was between probably the ages of like three and six. Mm-hmm. So really formative years mm-hmm. when I was starting to really like, that's when your earliest memories form. That's when you build your foundation of the view of the earth yeah. for yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I had thought that I had worked through all of that and, you know, moved to New York City after graduation, started this career in advertising, was living this life I thought I always wanted to live, and then um, just started feeling stuck. And the kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The last straw on the camel's back Mm -hmm. for me was being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. called Hashimoto's. So um, I... What is Hashimoto's? It's an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid Mm -hmm. um, and it creates um, mostly hypothyroidism, sometimes hyper depending. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was a really kind of long uphill battle for me. It took about a year to get diagnosed, a year where I was in my late 20s, I was working my ass off, and all of a sudden I just was fucking exhausted all the time. Mm -hmm. I had this insane brain fog. I would be in these meetings with executives from big brand name clients and couldn't get words out. I was sleeping 12 to 14 hours a day, and I gained 30 pounds within three months. And I think... As a woman, especially, that's something that's really difficult. Yeah. And um, I, you know, it took a year to get diagnosed, took six months to um, find the right doctor who would put me on the right medication. Then it took another year to get the medication at the right levels. And I'd say about three years in, I finally started to feel like myself again a little bit, but still had all this extra weight. Mm -hmm. And I think initially when it happened, I was so caught up in like, what's the quick fix? Mm -hmm. Like, who's the right doctor who's going to put me on the right medication that's going to help me lose the weight and get back to feeling normal. And it's like nothing was working. And it finally, I think I was finally just confronted with the fact that like, okay, you know what, this is deeper than just something physical or medical that's happening to your body like let's take a step back let's look at why this is your thyroid why is it the weight gain that's pushing you to be motivated to find a fix when you have your mental capacities back your brain fog's gone your energy Mm -hmm. levels are better um and i really realized when i looked at when the issue started. It was right after I'd just gotten out of an extremely toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. It was at a time when I wasn't using my voice Mm -hmm. in that relationship, but also in work. Mm -hmm. I wasn't fully in my power. And I also wasn't being honest with myself around my wants, my needs, and my creativity. Mm -hmm. And I was working in a creative space, but it wasn't a space that I think felt genuine to who I am ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned a lot and I made so many amazing friends and connections in that world. And I think not to, you know, put down advertising because I think there are some really amazing people working in that space doing really amazing things. Um, but for me, it just wasn't true to who I was Mm -hmm. and it made complete sense that it was my thyroid Mm -hmm. that I was having the issues with the throat chakra, not expressing myself, not expressing my creativity, feeling stifled. Um, so yeah, I started working with my mentor, Nina Enders, who's incredible and through that work just 
started getting deeper and deeper into, okay, it's my throat, but it's also my sacrum and I have some wound stuff going on and let's go back to the roots and here are all these other kind of physical ailments that I've had throughout my life or that are recurring now. And I'm not, I don't have to be the victim of that anymore. Mm -hmm. I can step into my power and look at that and own that and do the deeper work to move through those emotions. I think it's really important to be able to acknowledge and accept what happened to you, whatever that trauma was and feel what you need to feel. Cause I think for me, I was really suppressing a lot of the feelings and emotions, acknowledging that feeling what you need to feel, but letting it go. Yeah. Take the, take the time you need to feel it, let it wash over you and then let it go. So how did you make that connection? Like, I know that like maybe your mentor Nina was able to kind of like connect the dots for you, Mm. but you coming back into this world for the first time in a while. Yeah. Like how did you make this connection and say, okay, my now I'm going to take a very physical disease that has a proper diagnosis with medication and doctors and science and all of that and make a connection to my my spiritual aspect mm, of my my mm-hmm. spiritual body and accept that okay there's this thing called a chakra and <laughs> what does that mean and why is it not working and yeah. why is it blocked and what 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 physical or sorry what like material plane things are causing me to block the spiritual thing that's causing a physical manifestation of this illness yeah so for me, I know you you just um, had an amazing Reiki master guest on, <laughs> and you guys talked a lot about that. That was a great episode. Thank Loved you. that. <laughs> um, for me, it was a handful of things, mm-hmm. um, but Reiki was a huge turning point for me. Mm-hmm. Before I even got attuned and started working on other people, I started seeing someone, and she actually did Reiki and breath work combined, uh-huh. which was really powerful for me. And in those sessions, is a beast. it's amazing. I think any client, like I'm not certified in breath work, but yeah. any client I work with, I recommend like yeah. it just helps move and clear so much in the body in yeah. such a powerful, powerful way. Yeah. Um, so we were doing sessions together in combination with the work that I was doing with Nina and a lot of just, reading, journaling, mm-hmm. writing letters. For me, speaking was such a huge thing. So mm-hmm. voice memos, speaking, and and I'd be surprised at kind of what would come out. Yeah. Like I'd just start talking and then in those moments, I'd be like, oh, whoa, it was that. Like that's what I'm holding on to. It was that moment. You were same like thing channeling in Reiki your sessions. Yeah, same thing in Reiki sessions, channeling a lot of – a lot of shit yeah. <laughs> um, that was just coming up. Yeah. And um, was it then that you like you were having these realizations as you were saying them? So it's almost like your your spirit and body combined themselves together in a way to help you heal. Yep, completely. Okay. And I think, you know, having those realizations and having those kind of memories that you've stored in your body for so long come to the surface is one thing, but then actually confronting them in the, in a healthy way, in a way that's going to help remove them and Mm -hmm. move past them is another thing. Um, which in and of itself is it's work, you know, but it's important. And I think for a long time, a lot of the, the things that came up were things that weren't, new to me. Yeah. Like I was aware of them. I was aware that they were traumas that I had experienced, but I was always in a space of kind of, okay, that happened to me. Like, what can I do about it? Yeah. And just kept suppressing and suppressing and then realizing like, oh no, I can feel what I need to feel, but then I can let it go. I don't need to hold on to it. This doesn't serve me anymore. It's okay. and good to feel and work mm-hmm. through it. Um, so how did certain emotions show up in mm. your illness? Um, and if you can, you can break down maybe something that you've seen with clients as well, like yeah. common things that like common emotions and where they get stored or how they get stored and how they manifest in physical illness. Totally. So I don't know how much I know you work in energy and I don't yeah. know how much you know about the different chakras. Um, I know plenty, but okay, I, yeah, this, yeah, might, yeah. this might be the first so, episode yeah. they listen to. So go okay, ahead. Okay, cool. So um, for me... 
Reiki is huge in in working with clients, like whether they're just Reiki clients or mentorship clients mm-hmm. and being able to kind of be guided through their chakras and kind of channel messages about what's going on there. So yeah. like in my in the case of my own illness, my it was my uh, thyroid, my throat chakra um, was really just completely shut and that came out as Hashimoto's. And so I worked through that by <laughs> sometimes I'd, especially here in Bali, I'd go to the beach and I'd, there were a couple of weeks where I literally would go into the ocean and just scream into the ocean every day. Wow. Um, what were the of effects of that? Journal- it was, it was actually pretty incredible. I think I felt lighter mm-hmm. and, so, you know, sometimes the screaming would bring up a lot of anger and emotions, but I knew that it was moving in the right direction and mm-hmm. I just kept doing it and going with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know someone who lost their mother mm-hmm. and he was really, you know, it was, he had already lost his father. He had a lot of loss in his family mm-hmm. and he wasn't really kind of addressing how that impacted him emotionally. He wasn't working through that grief. Yeah. And the way that that showed up in his body was he broke his ribs mm. multiple times over the course of six months, wow. kept ending up in the hospital, kept getting pneumonia, and that's all tied back to the heart mm-hmm. and grief. Mm-hmm. And the lungs. The lungs. Yep. Not feeling and protected. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, I've worked with people who, and, and it can go back to childhood stuff or it could go back to situational. Like I had a client recently who just moved to Bali and she was all great, kind of more in her upper chakras, really strong, but her roots and her sacrum were just like all over the place, completely not grounded because she just gotten here. She didn't have a home yet. Yeah. She was really needing to feel kind of rooted and grounded and settled. And she just didn't have any of that. So, um, when I work with clients, how did that manifest for her in illness? So, um, a lot of like tripping and sprained ankles and sometimes it can be like much more physical. And that actually happened to me, um, right before I moved to Bali mm-hmm. when I kind of didn't know what was going on. I sprained my ankle three times within mm-hmm. the span of a week. Wow. <laughs> so it can you be kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it can be kind of like these like deeper, more intense, long-term chronic illnesses, or it can be really kind of surfacey, smaller injuries that you don't think about, but your body is an amazing thing that, I think is trying to constantly send you messages and give you the information you need to then go back and be able to heal yourself. So a few weeks ago for me, I had, well, just an instance where I was feeling super ungrounded and I've been working super diligently with my root chakra, sacral, uh, and my solar plexus as well. For you guys that don't know, it's basically the stomach and down and, (laughs) uh, and those energy centers. And so I was feeling super ungrounded and just like, like scattered all over the place in my upper chakras. So when I went to the immigration office to get my extension or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I was getting off the scooter and at the same time, the guy, the official guy or whatever was like, you can't park here. And my Gojek driver just backed up just a little bit as I was getting off the bike. And so I fell and I like really tore up my wrist. Ugh. Like I'm pretty sure I sprained it. It's still like really weak and feels kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was like, God damn it. Like <laughs> it's just another thing that happened. Like I got punched while I was in Bali. I got Bali belly and like now I'm falling off the scooter and I had this terror, you know, terrible fear with like the scooter in general. Yeah. Um, but then one of my friends was like, yo, honey. And her very like woo woo, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've re I've taken the word woo woo back by the way. Um, Love it. but she, she's like, it's, you know, the universe is trying to ground you. Like, you know, like it's no, no secret why you fell on the ground. And I was like, yep. listen, sister, it was because the Gojek was, <laughs> fall, you know, like he was stupid and he backed up before I had a chance to get off. Um, but no, I, I totally like, I can see the, the, the commonalities in that. Absolutely. And even like right now I'm, I'm breaking out in this rash 
Um, this like, and it's only on my arms. Mm. So from your perspective, what would you interpret that as? (laughs) Hmm. Well, not that you're a doctor. Yeah. Not, I am not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Do not take this as medical advice. (laughs) Um, I think rashes, especially on the skin and it's on both arms. It's not on one side, right? Yeah. And it's only on the inside of my arms. Hmm. And what I saw or read somewhere earlier was that rash metaphysically shows up as an irritation over delays. Yeah. It feels like for me, anytime rashes show up, it's like an excess of fire in the body. Mm -hmm. And depending on where it is, like I actually had this like weird rash a couple weeks ago on my legs Mm -hmm. and was talking to someone about it and it felt like it was tied back to some parent stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. I kept having some leg stuff. I mean, the arms are interesting because you're so already in your upper chakras. Um, So it's not tied to grounding. It may be tied to your heart because it all goes (laughs) back. The blood flow from the arms, it just all goes back into the heart, not feeling maybe held or supported um, and having a lot of kind of like anger and frustration around that. Like any kind of rash flare up for me is tied back to fieriness and upset and frustration and anger. And I think depending on where it is in the body, you get more clues. I'm, I swear, guys, like, Holly's going to fuck my shit up right now because, <laughs> like, and I keep getting shocked or feeling like a sensation of a shock here since you've mm. been here. Um, but there that you said the sensation of, of the desire of wanting to be held. Mm. And I feel like I'm going to cry. No. Like, in that moment, I, like, <laughs> I just sit in my bed sometimes and I'm just like, God, it would just be, it, it would feel so good mm. to be held. Mm. And that sensation, and that doesn't even have to be romantic. It can be like familial or yeah. platonic or yeah. you know, whatever of just having that lack of a feeling of tactile, mm. like structure of wanting that desire and, that, that messes me up right now <laughs> because like I, I, I recognize that there is a lot of symbology in the me- metaphysical uh, ailments that show up in our bodies. And mm. I've always, I've always been a believer in that, that it, it doesn't, it can't just be like, Oh, there's something off in your body. There's something in our energetic body as well that facilitates and, and works with our physical body as well. Mm-hmm. So like, you just kind of miss me up now. And now I have to think about that. And I'm like, oh, damn. We'll I have need a good a hug. long hug yeah. session after this. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so as you started to figure out more about that and more about, um, you know, what you weren't saying, the mm. ways that you weren't being true to yourself and authentic, which has a lot to do with your throat chakra, yeah. when you started to go in the ocean and scream and when <laughs> you started to really like learn how to express yourself and you quit your job and came to Bali and yeah. started just being exactly who you are and got out of that toxic relationship, what happened to your illness? Well, I'm actually in remission. Amazing. I'm off of my medication completely. Mm-hmm. And this is something um, that they said that you had to be on for, on the rest for of my your whole life. life. Yeah. They told me when I went on medication, they were like, you know, the, the dosages will change, but this is a medication you're going to need to be on for the rest of your life just for your thyroid to function. And yeah, I, as I started to work through all of that, it actually happened. Um, I stopped, I kind of started cu- lowering my dosage and before I, I left New York, I stopped taking my medication and Damn. I've been off of it for almost six months now wow. and feel like myself again. And I'll say like, it's not perfect, right? Like I still have weight that is on my body that wasn't there before, mm-hmm. but I have my mind back. Mm. I have my voice back. I have my energy back. I feel like I've just stepped into my true self. Mm. And I know and trust that like, if the weight is going to come off, it's going to come off. And it's not, if it's not, that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's okay. Self-acceptance in a way. Um, Let's talk about a little more deeper about that, about let's say self-hate we want to really go there yeah um because i just did an episode about fuck the fake and how like yes i loved that (laughs) um just about how like um they're a society that we live in and this virus that we're being told about the way that we should look according Mm. to 
society to be attractive, mm-hmm. to be desirable, to be valuable. Mm-hmm. And what's that not only doing to our psyche, but what is it doing to our bodies? Mm. Like, so for instance, for someone like myself, I have endometriosis yep. and I, I, I struggle with even saying it out loud because I'm like, I don't want to claim that. Mm. Um, but I have very much physical symptoms, so I kind of have to yeah. anyway. And, and recognizing, I started to do some research about the metaphysical aspects of that and saying like, okay, um, there is a deep, disdain for being a woman um mm. towards my my feminine things my womb yes. yeah um and so because of that um recognizing that i've been a lot of my masculine energy because yeah. i've had to animate in that way to be able to do certain things and to like not learning how to receive not learning yep. how to be in my feminine energy so i've yep. spent so much time in that masculine energetic that my body as a feminine core woman has been like bruh like chill the fuck out like whatever and so it's manifesting in these very painful ways Mm -hmm. of rejecting itself almost Mm. so can you can you speak to that yeah I mean it's interesting and like we both I'm from New York lived there after college for over a decade you lived in New York Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time there I I think a lot of what you said is stuff that resonates deeply with me and kind of got me to that breaking point with my illness, like being in a city that is go, 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 go. So focused on so many masculine aspects, Mm -hmm. like holds that to high esteem, like make money, Mm -hmm. do everything. Like it's all like action oriented Mm -hmm. and way less feminine. You have to kind of like develop this hard shell and this hard, and like be in your masculine mm-hmm. in that city to survive survive yeah. yeah and be considered like it's like only the strong survive in New yeah. York you know yeah. and um on top of that being in working in like a corporate setting where yeah. it was definitely way more creative than you know finance or something like that but having to being a woman in a setting like that where I really had to step into my masculine, reject my feminine to mm. be looked at as a leader, to be looked at as equal, equal, um, it, it has significant effects, I think, ultimately on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was huge for me, too. I think after doing that for 10 years and I I'm I, I, most of my life, I think I, I thought that I was just a really hypersensitive person. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the last couple of years that I realized like you, I'm an empath. And so I think being in that world, constantly being bombarded with other people's energies. And this was before I realized like I could protect myself and I could be there and I could be empathic, but without taking on all of this other energy. Um, it really deeply affected me. But to go back to your question about kind of like the body, I think it's interesting that I chose to work in advertising because, um, and I also think it's quite fitting that the autoimmune disease that I got was Hashimoto's and the, the kind of catalyst for me wanting to go deeper and figure out what was going on was the weight. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was younger growing up, I, was overweight for many years and I I the weight kind of like melted off in high school um I definitely like worked to get to that point but from high school up until my Hashimoto's in my late 20s I was like an average weight and um always had kind of like body image issues I think like most women I think in the time that we came up especially um growing up just constantly bombarded with a certain physical ideal that is considered attractive and having to fit into that. And I, it's interesting to me that I decided to go into advertising that continues to perpetuate that. I think that they're getting a lot better. And I worked on my last client was a beauty brand that actually I think was doing a fantastic job of being like way more inclusive. And the people that I worked with were so conscious about that. Um, but there's still more work to do. And I, I, I kind of like made these choices that perpetuated this negative body image Mm -hmm. and this negative kind of self talk 
that when I got to a point where I gained all this weight and wasn't losing it and wasn't holding on to it, it was like that was what I held on to. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that that was kind of like the spark plug to mm-hmm. push me into let's look a little bit deeper. Yeah. That's interesting. Like there's, <laughs> that was a lot. Listening. There's like, <laughs> there's no, I just feel like there's no mistakes. Right? Yeah. Like totally. There's no coincidences. Like the things that we, we end up, I'm a photographer. So like kind of same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to, you have to photograph someone. And the thing that I come in, in contact with the most is people's self image mm-hmm. and the way that they see themselves. And like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I took a stance and said, I'm not Photoshopping anybody's bodies anymore. Amazing. not altering your body anymore. Like we got to get it right in camera and make you feel good about the way you look now. Otherwise, cause like, you're not going to utilize my art as a way to hate yourself. Like totally. I'm just not doing that. But how it manifests and shows up in the body. Uh, similar story. Like I was yeah. a heavy set kid for a long time. Um, I had a lot of, I would consider emotional trauma. Like yeah. my parents are great and they did the best that they could. Um, a lot of my emotional trauma came from religion actually. Mm-hmm. And feeling like, okay, my body is always problematic because I developed early. My boobs were coming mm-hmm. out. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Cover yeah. it up, you know, whatever. Yeah. I prefer like most of my middle school to high school. Even if I wore jeans or anything, I would wrap a sweater around my waist, you know, just like fearful of, you know, someone noticing my ass or something like that. I pay for it now because my ass is like a pancake, but <laughs> it's just like, you know, just shit like that. Like things that we were aware of or scared of or didn't want to in ways that we didn't want to be seen. And so like our body, I I just spoke about this in in an Instagram post, how for me, I was so fearful. I have past life trauma even like from like rape and and other things. Oh yeah. Talk about that in a second. (laughs) Um, But like, and recognizing that, but then having such a high hyper fear of male attention and of like that, like um, when I was in high school, when I was 15, I got my glasses off, my braces off. I lost a whole bunch of weight due to an eating disorder Mm -hmm. um, and then got a relaxer. So my hair was straight and got to fit into my very like white neighborhood. Um, And so I did, I had like a, she's all that moment. Yeah. Or I came to school the next year and everybody's like, what, what? happened to you? Yeah. And yeah. Suddenly I had all this attention and I had guys in the locker room showing me their penises and like, oh, a, you know, like things that would, I would consider definitely assault, like yeah. men following me around school and whatever. And just being terrified yeah. of my own safety, but not just that, like at the time, because I was religious, I had such a, a like a, I wanted to be pure for my husband, you know, at the time mm. I wanted to save it for my husband. So mm-hmm. I was so scared that I was going to get raped and this thing was going to be taken mm. away from me and I wouldn't be valuable anymore. Like that, ugh, that, the and purity, like that lie is, is terrible, yeah. but it manifests itself in, in like being overweight, having a lot of like, um, you know, being like the, the idea of like hating being a woman, you know, even like the womanly yeah. aspects of me. I remember when I got my period and being so, <gasps> Like, so upset. I was so mad because my mom was like, this means you're a woman now. And she kept, she was so like, I mean, like, she was trying to make it a special thing. And I was like, I don't want this to be special. This isn't special. This is a curse. I'm so mad that I have to have this in the first place. And rejecting my womanhood even then. Well, it was like you couldn't win no matter what body you occupied. There was some sort of price to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that was ingrained in you from such a young age. And it's like. Now, unfortunately, that is a very common story, I think, especially being women, especially in the society. And I'm so grateful that that narrative in society in general is changing and that there's so many more opportunities now for women to step back into their power and their bodies and own their bodies and love and accept their bodies. But it's still, I think, a massive issue and challenge that like is up to us to continue to kind of use our voices Mm -hmm. and how do we break free from those chains essentially well I was even looking at this list because I was thinking like okay well how does this affect men too because for men they don't they they have the deep uh, emotional suppression from society right so like that's that's a cataclysmic paradigm in and of itself that's awful awful yep. and really horrible for them as well and so men they they often struggle they have a higher rate of uh blood pressure issues stroke yep. um what's the other one like 
so and, and diabetes, I would say women mm. and men are probably equal in that, but, mm-hmm. um, anxiety is like not trusting the flow of life. Yep. Cancer is deep hurt, carrying hatred yep. for other people. So like another mm-hmm. like issue of not releasing, uh, emotional feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the other one? There's stroke is giving up. Yep. And I thought that was very interesting because, um, I mean, most, I, 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 like we have men in our family who've had stroke, but also my uh, ex-husband had a brain, like a brain aneurysm oh, wow. as well. Just things like that of like giving up and that feeling of like, if you've had that constant emotional suppression for such a long time, at some point your body just checks out and says, like, I can't do this, this anymore. Right. Yeah. And if you're not like, um, because of the higher rates of suicide amongst men mm-hmm. and the higher rates of heart attack, yeah. like just like they're saying like men, the heart. it's the heart. Yeah. It's the heart. They're Ugh. just so suppressed. So yeah. deficient just so constricted yeah of course all of that is gonna manifest in that way in the body right so their their chances of dying younger is like uh is, is a lot higher yeah. um i think my mom had this joke or somebody or my grandma or someone was like no it's because um you know men don't go to the doctor enough. <laughs> and they say women are like preventative medicine and men are emergency surgery and it's like no i'm fine or whatever but even in that, even in that, truth, like, yeah. the, like not uh, being able to acknowledge or, or deepen, press, yeah, possible yeah. fear, yeah. things like that. So, um, I want to get into my next question, mm-hmm. which is, um, can you cure disease spiritually? Ooh, that is a really tough question. I mean, I think I can only speak from personal experience, yes. right? Like, Again, disclaimer, <laughs> this is not, don't trust this for medical advice. No, we are no. talking, two girls just talking, okay? Yeah, I will. What's your opinion? Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think that there are really um, powerful, helpful tools um, in the like traditional and alternative medical fields. Mm-hmm. But I think when you supplement that with deeper spiritual work, and confronting those traumas and just going in and doing the work. Like, I think what does that look like? I think it looks different for like every person, mm-hmm. right? So, if I'm working with a spiritual mentorship client one on one, it's gonna so depend on what's their story, what's the trauma that they've experienced is their trauma that they've already worked through versus trauma they're holding in the body. Mm-hmm. What are they holding on into the body? Mm-hmm. Like where in the body is it manifesting? And from there kind of, there's so many different tools and modalities. And for me, it's like, I'm, I can't cure you. Right. Yeah. Like, but I can help guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You have to do the work. So it's anything from, journaling, writing letters, screaming into a pillow or the ocean, (laughs) Um, inner child work, breath work is huge. Movement is a huge, huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. I think even if it's just 20 minutes a day, like, like I've said a million times in this podcast, we hold so much in the body. So finding a way to, and you can feel it, right? Like yeah. if someone pisses you off, like cuts you off in traffic and you start getting road rage, like you can feel where that shows up in your body. Mm-hmm. Some people, it shows up in their chest, some people in their gut, in the throat. Mm-hmm. Like if you can find a way to move your body even 20 minutes a day to just physically release that energy. Think about how you feel after exercising. Yeah. Like swimming, like going for a quick run, Pilates, yoga, anything. It just can move the energy out or mm-hmm. where it needs to be. Um, yeah, there's, I think it, it looks different in every person, but there's when you find kind of like the right sweet spot yeah. and you figure out kind of like, okay, here are the key things. And there's always work to do. Like I still work with my mentor. There's still work that I need to do even mm-hmm. while I'm taking on clients to help them on their path. Like so many things that yeah. you can do. There's something that I've taken up while I've been here. Um, ecstatic dance. Oh, I love ecstatic <laughs> dance. It, it's this, uh, so for those of you guys who don't know, ecstatic dance is basically like you're, you're, you're clubbing, um, in an open, very yogic type of space. <laughs> so everybody's kind of in their yoga clothes and at least here in Bali, people then, you know, put like indigenous markings on their face and shit like that, which I'm not too cool with, but yeah. fine. Okay. Like you do. Yeah. Um, but 
There is like, it's a free space for you to get like, just let go. Like in some of the dance moves I've seen in there, I'm like, it can, it like, it can go super tribal. It can go like super booty twerking. Like Mm. it can just be anything that feels good to Mm -hmm. you. And I've been utilizing it as a mechanism for one, getting in touch with my demons, which has not been very easy Mm. um, because it is it's getting deeply in touch with the feminine aspect of myself Mm. and moving my hips and my stomach in this region of the body that I don't move very often. And so, and ways that feel sexy, but not okay. You know, it's like, Ooh, this is forbidden. I'm only supposed to do this Mm. in the darkness of a club. And it's like, here we are in the light in front of the beach. And there's loads and loads of people that can see you, but that mostly have their eyes closed. But it's a moment for me to just like let go. So I had this experience while I was there that felt very transcendental. Um, Mm -hmm. I was sitting there coming into contact with some of my demons about attraction. And I was seeing these Mm -hmm. women in there that just have like the most beautiful bodies you've ever fucking seen. Some very real, some very fake, but it doesn't (laughs) matter. Welcome to Bali. Welcome. (laughs) Um, But there was just this, this moment of like release of Mm -hmm. like, Ain't nobody fucking looking at you, Aaliyah. Just do what feels good. Like in that self-consciousness of like not letting my energy flow through me because I was so scared to be seen. Mm. And I was like, first of all, nobody's looking. So I have a moment that I can be seen to myself. But then two, it's okay to be seen Mm. and not to be fearful of that and how that's kind of just, I've even noticed a shift in my body. Like I have not weighed myself because I'm not putting myself through that torture while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a moment where I was like, I, uh, I tra- put my jeans back on. I don't know why I decided to do that. And they were like super loose. In a hundred degree weather. Like, <laughs> I was like, well, if I can't weigh myself, maybe I can measure this part. But I could see that they were super loose around the waist. Mm-hmm. And that's an area I have the most trouble with um, eliminating from. Mm-hmm. And so seeing how like even just the movement Simple in that movement. part of my body, yeah. releasing what I'm holding onto, what is yeah. storing itself right there as protection totally. around my, my organs, around my female parts. Yeah. And thinking like, wow, there's been a very much a subconscious belief that has been like covered this area. I'm ashamed of this area. I don't want anybody to know about this area. In fact, makes my body even shaped more like a man's Mm. in a very rectangular or inverse triangle kind of way because of that subconscious belief. And so thus then manifesting the disease that or dis-ease that Mm. affects that particular line of thinking. Yeah. Have you, like when you started getting into that and obviously like the immediate, um, benefit was like, oh, my pants are looser. But have you yeah. noticed kind of any other uh shifts or any other kind of beyond the physical, but maybe even emotional, right? Like movement. Yeah. And I loved what you said about like it was a perfect example. Like you lit- you weren't going and running like 12 miles a day yeah. and killing yourself at the gym just to like to like movement is so much more about like what kind of movement does my body need to release yes. in the right places and you did the perfect job of going to dance and just plus. feeling <laughs> like feeling your hips and yeah. your womb and your body and stepping into your feminine and you had kind of like that physical um benefit right, right. but have you noticed any other emotional shifts or yeah yes I have um in the sense of like receiving Mm. so for me because love I I just came into the world like I'm just I just want to love you and I want to be loved um and that's just the type of person I've always been but I started to be able to recognize more of the love that's accessible to me um, on every level and stop starting to recognize that being able to receive it when someone is trying to give me love, which is, I I didn't realize was so difficult for me to do before until I got here. And I was like, God damn it. I'm coming into contact with it so much. (laughs) It's really fucking annoying, but like it's the work, right? It's the work we're doing the work. And so I've seen that benefit. I've seen a release in my mind, just like how I've been able to, you know what? I'll tell you this. Um, February, uh, the veil is supposedly the thinnest, right? Between mm. our spiritual, whatever's going on. It's also Black History Month. Yay. Woo! Um, hopefully this airs while it's still February. So. <laughs> um, but there was this, this all of a sudden, um, I booked, what, three energy clients. And then I, I got 
four, I have four podcast interviews this week and then I have three more next week. And I was like, what the hell is going what on? Is happening? But there yeah. was a break in that moment of me pushing, trying to get something to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm not technically on vacation, but I need to learn how to relax mm-hmm. and being able to move my hips in that little belly mm-hmm. kind of belly bolly way. Um, it, it, it did something to me energetically on my chakra level. I believe it grounded me and allowed whatever energy was coming in for me to actually fully receive it. And the way that I say it is like, it's like a download, right? Like you get a download on your computer, you download it from the cloud, but if you don't download it all the way to the hardware, which is grounding, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you can't open the file. And then that information is not accessible to you or the gifts or the blessings that the universe is trying to give you is not accessible to you. So it will manifest in those blockages energetically, which then will manifest into itself into something physical. So I want to ask you before we get like (laughs) too crazy here and like this gets too long, um, like past life stuff. Mm. Let's talk about (laughs) that just because it's fun and it might not have wholly to do with this topic, but like I... I just want to hear your experiences. What are yeah. your past lives like? And what are your things Ooh. that you're healing with that yeah. now? As well as epigenetical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Epigenetic. Okay. We could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that shit. Um, just so you guys know, if you don't know what epigenetical mean, it is it is like your DNA lineage, yeah. essentially. Like you healing trauma from ancestors or absorbing ancestors from your DNA. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, past life stuff. Okay. We're really going for it. Let's go yeah, for so it. Yeah. So my experience with past life stuff is actually... Um, happened during a couple Reiki sessions mm-hmm. that I had with my mentor. She was doing Reiki on me and it was right after I had actually gotten attuned for the, for level one Reiki. And, um, attuned means that you got qualified to be able to do to, that. Yeah. Okay. To practice and level one, you're, you just really are, um, practicing on yourself or friends and family. You're not, um, doing it professionally right. yet. Okay. So th- I think it was something about like, definitely have a strong connection with her. Like when I first met her, I knew we were kind of meant to work together and we didn't end up, uh, I didn't end up working with her as my mentor for another like three years after Mm -hmm. we first met. Um, but then I think there was also probably something in the air of being Mm -hmm. attuned and being open. And yeah, I just had some sessions where I just kept getting like one after another hits of me in these past lives. And, um, so yeah. Okay. Take a couple steps back. Mm -hmm. I knew for a while, I think I knew for about even before my Hashimoto started that I wasn't happy in advertising Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do something else, but I wasn't sure what that was. I thought about maybe going to photography or Mm -hmm. film production. And when I started working with Nina, she was like, no, I don't think that's what you're meant to do. I think you're more meant to be in this wellness space. And I was like, fuck that. No, it's too saturated. I had all my reasons, right? And um, I had a Reiki session maybe like two or three months after that conversation where my main spirit guide, who I was able to connect with before that, just... And we're getting really out there, but this Whatever, is the this spiritual is shit. Here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, she basically was like, your purpose in life is to heal people. You're meant to be a healer. And that was just like the message that I got. So I came out mm-hmm. of it being like, whoa, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that manifests like there's so many different ways to heal people and help yeah. people in their own healing journey. I didn't know what that looked like yet. Um, but I had then cut to a couple months later where I had this, another Reiki session with my mentor and I just kept getting hit after hit of me and all these past lives Mm -hmm. as different types of healers, Uh um, being like shackled, burnt at the stake, shunned, kicked out of the village, Mm -hmm. um, there was some Holocaust stuff. Mm. There was some slave ship stuff. There was a, just a lot of me being in chains and me being suppressed for and and rejected from society for um, my gifts, mm. I guess you mm. could say. And coming out of that, I just really got like why I myself had suppressed that for so long and just wanted to fit in so badly growing up. And I always felt a little bit different, but I was like, 
no, I'm going to do everything I can to just like be normal until the point where I couldn't anymore. And it made sense. Like it was this past life stuff that was just, it, it it affected me so deeply at such a deep cellular level that I was like, I can't go, I can't go through that again. But I, I feel really lucky that it seems like we're finally in the world is in a, in a in a state where it's becoming more mainstream and accepted and I'm not afraid of being burnt at the stake mm. or chained in a dungeon in Paris in like the yeah. 1800s like it was some wild shit yeah but I know you've had past life stuff too yeah um I have ooh, okay let's see the ones that I know the most about is one where I was in um Egypt and my my father raped me repeatedly Oof. as a baby, like Oof. as a very small. My mother died when I was five. And then uh, he sold me as property when I was maybe 12 or 14 um, to a man named Obed Undamnia. And Obed, uh, he he saw me from across. I'm actually going to write part of this as a like a book. Um, he saw me from across the market or whatever and traded his horse for me. <laughs> Um, oh great yeah perfect as one does as one does yes um and then took me back and it was an ancient egyptian or ancient egypt uh coptic um i guess that's coptic egyptian language um the only reason i said that was because we were looking at the names and my Mm. name was um or maybe perhaps they renamed me as claire euphemia and i as claire euphemia um was like super hyper in love with him learned how to trust him he at first adopted me as a, a maidservant or something that became his wife mm-hmm. um but i couldn't have children and um i had a lot of issues because of the the rape yeah. um there was objects that were being used, like just all kinds of really terrible oh. stuff when i remembered it i had like a what i would consider ptsd like yeah. like immediately and then um my hypnotherapist that was working with her was allow- allowing me to be able to process that mm-hmm. um so anyway, then uh, we fell in love, got married, whatever, and I couldn't have any kids. So then in that time, you would take on another wife or a concubine yeah. or something like that or whatever, have more children. And so um, – and she was able to give him two daughters and a son. And I was like, that's interesting because I have two sisters and a brother mm. um, blood-wise. Mm-hmm. And so um, – and there's always been a lot of angst against one of my sisters um, mm. and the other one really bonded. So I was like, maybe this is some past life shit we're trying to work yeah. out too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so like – and there was that. But anyway, back to the Clary Femia thing. Yeah. Um, I ended up being a – essentially like a – like I wouldn't say a clergy, but someone that helped people pass over. Mm. So when families knew someone was getting ready to die and they were going to do like the mummification process, I was someone that they – came to that made sure of the burial process and like helped the uh, people with the grieving process and then helped them communicate to them on the other side. And so uh, interestingly enough, I looked up the names, Um, Obedum Damni, I could not find the name, the meaning of the name, but it was in line with Coptic uh, ancient Egyptian language and Claire Euphemia. Well, Claire is kind of obvious because Claire is clear, um, (laughs) like Claire seeing, Claire sentient, Claire voyant, whatever. And um, Euphemia means well-spoken. Wow. Isn't that weird? There you go. <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird? And I mean, of course you're going to have womb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of your best Exactly. Lives. So to me, it Shit. was in that moment, I was able to recognize the the deep power of being able to remember past lives. Yeah. It, I didn't actually believe in past lives before I had this past life regression. Yeah. I'm super open. So I was just like, let me go look and try this out. Yeah. But looking into that, I was like, shit. I mean, why? Like, for, I am clairvoyant and yeah. have clairs as well but like euphemia i wouldn't have even known that's not a name i would no. know you know yeah. what i mean so like for that i don't know so to me i was like this is absolutely real this yeah. shit is real yeah um so to see how it affects though in my body in this life and how scared yeah. i was to be seen yeah oh yeah that line up so that's just one of the lives i want to go into the rest of them yeah but similar themes yeah like, shackled chain someone yeah. coming in the middle of the night it was an alchemist at some point yeah i had a life in paris as well which is why my my french is easy to pick up really yep. easily. People are like, yeah. it's a really hard language to say. And I'm like, ah, merci beaucoup. <laughs> um, anyway, so just, I think that's very interesting how we yeah. are right now in this time. Or like, maybe you can give me your opinion about that. Like in this time right now, especially 2020, how much a lot of those timelines, and we can call them past lives, but maybe they're actually parallel lives. I don't know. Who knows? But they're <laughs> they're starting to integrate. Yeah. And we're in a space now where we're allowed to be able to do... To- do this. it to express it, yeah. to be out about it. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's some huge shifts happening. Yeah. 
And there's a reason why I think we are all here right now yeah. and doing this as as um one of my teachers likes to say, we're here doing the light work. Yeah. Um raising the vi- we're here to raise the vibration. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't have the answers. I don't know why it's now or <laughs> here or what, but it definitely feels like something's happening and we're hopefully moving in the right direction. Awesome. So for my last question, um, what are your advices that you can give other people who might be mm. dealing with some, some illnesses and ways that they can look into the metaphysical aspects of yeah. what could be affecting them? Yeah. I think, um, the first thing I'd say is just like, what are you called to? Like start to explore some of the modalities that you feel called to. I think it's really, especially as a woman, like that, that's the experience I can speak from. It's been huge for me to work with a a mentor Mm -hmm. and to work with someone who does such an incredible job of, she doesn't give me the answers. You know, she doesn't tell me like, this was your experience. This is why this is happening. But she helps guide me Mm -hmm. in the right direction to figure it out for myself. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone that you feel called to work with, um, shameless plug for both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I absolutely love Reiki. Mm -hmm. It's changed my life in so many ways. I think it's so powerful for something that like, if you're a client, you're literally just laying there Mm -hmm. and like you get so many benefits from it. I think movement, Mm -hmm. finding the type of movement that you feel drawn to, whether Mm -hmm. it's yoga or boxing. I mean, sometimes you might be drawn to the wrong types of movement, but just being conscious about moving your body and moving Mm -hmm. the energy out. I think having some sort of daily practice of meditation and that could just be sitting there and closing your eyes and trying to meditate for 20 minutes, or it could be meditating through breath work. Mm -hmm. Um, Meditation comes in all forms. forms. Um, but just starting to, to tune into like, what do I feel called to? I think journaling and writing Mm -hmm. is huge. Like for me, that was one of the ways that I started to get a lot of clarity around things and just start writing and journaling. And all of a sudden, all this stuff would be pouring out of me and I'd be like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think those are just some of the ways to get started, but it's really so much of this work is intuitive. I couldn't have done it without my guide. Mm -hmm. So I think finding a guide to work with is huge, but you can definitely start. When you say guide, are you talking about a physical mentor or a spiritual Uh, guide? I would say physical (laughs) mentor. I definitely have, you know, my spirit guides who I work with (laughs) who are great, but I think someone here grounded on this earth is a huge, huge help. And I think for myself, I mean, all of those things absolutely apply. And those are things that I have been doing myself as well. Um, Also, I just started Googling the word metaphysical symptoms Uh, of uh, headache, metaphysical symptoms of, um, you know, pain in the pelvis or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that and seeing what came up and just being open to what it said because it, it started to point me in directions of the emotional things that yep. I'm struggling with. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm not dealing with that. And I got to see the ease that happened behind that mm-hmm. of feeling that right now. Currently I have so much pain in the back of my neck, mm-hmm. um, upper back area. And I can definitely feel it like a burden that I'm carrying. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. I started to look at that, like, okay, what is it that I'm stressed about? Like I carry all of my stress, like right shoulders, here on my shoulders. Yeah. And so, um, and that seems like a pretty obvious one, but for people who are struggling, like you just even nailing like my whole rash on the inside of my arms. You guys, it's so funny because I have these little splotches that look like eczema, but they don't itch. And it's after, you know, like I got here and have, felt like I was purging a lot of like energy or yep. whatever. And, you know, just the idea of like, the thing that I'm thinking about constantly is like, oh, I feel so good to be hugged. <laughs> like you nailed it. Like I didn't even tell you that. It's like, oh shit, that's so right. Um, so anyway, very, very cool. Um, last thing, where can people find you? Instagram and my website is up. So what's that? Uh, it's 
hollysloof.com and then on Instagram it's at hollysloof. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation thank you. and helping people kind of look a little bit deeper into the possible spiritual aspects of or metaphysical aspects of their illness or where trauma stored in the body. There's so much more that we could talk about on this topic. So we only have an hour, so <laughs> um so feel free to do your own research. Hopefully it's opened your mind about other things that you can be looking at about as far as the ailments that you're suffering with. And yeah, like, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Aaliyah. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. We'll hear you. We'll hear you. We'll see you (laughs) in the next episode. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyaaliyah.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at the lovely Leah for daily content and inspiration.